G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Thursday, we like to check in with Family Voice Australia and issues shaping the nation. Andrew McColl is Family Voice State Director for Queensland. Andrew, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's it's a good morning to you and to our listeners together. Thanks. Hey, Andrew, you've been giving attention to the responsibility of family in relation to some of the challenging times that are before us. Where do we start with this sort of conversation, perhaps with a biblical foundation? Well, I've chosen the text today, Neil, from Psalm 110, verse 3, which says, Your people, speaking of the Lord, your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. And I've chosen that because we do live in times when we are challenged, quite deeply challenged about some of the things that are happening around us. And we can either go, oh, that's a bit bit much. I wasn't quite ready for that. And sit back and, and be still and quiet and rather intimidated. Or we can accept these challenges that are coming our way as opportunities for us to engage and to step up and not be intimidated. And I think when it comes to our family, I'm speaking as a, as a husband and father and our grandfather, we realise that there are big issues that are confronting us that we must respond positively and confidently to them. Interesting, isn't it, that uh, even just a short while ago, we might have thought a few are facing challenging times. Now we can just about all put the hat on if we're at work, involved in organisations, involved in sporting clubs. (laughs) We're all needing to understand how we navigate a way forward here. I mentioned there in the introduction, uh, you're even suggesting that the success of the church and so there you've got this sort of combined group, not just an individual here, but uh, a group together. There's a little bit of extra uh, authority and extra impetus when the group all stands together. Uh, but to unapologetically speak the truth, this is going to be an important element in days coming. Well, it is, and it always has been, And uh, Neil. And what we've discovered historically is that when the church has been willing to step up to the plate and willing to confront evil and willing to to go about the business that, that, that we should be doing in terms of preaching the gospel and talking about the implications of the gospel on a day-to-day basis for the world around us, that's when, yes, we find conflict, we might find crisis, but actually... In that conflict and even the crisis, there is a way through all of these things. I don't, I don't deny that there's pain and challenge in that, but it's much better to face a crisis or a challenge confidently, knowing who we are in the Lord, knowing what we're called to do, and, and rather than to be saying, oh dear, this is all too hard, and, and try, and, 
try and avoid the issues. And this is where we've we've kind of got to today. Now we've been, for generations, we've been strangely silent in the face of major public issues that really demanded our forthright and biblical response. And it seems to me today that we still haven't learned the message that evil triumphs when good men do nothing. A bit of a happy-go-lucky attitude to our Christian faith. And perhaps this has been with us, and as I can hear your heartbeat here, been with us for some time. And uh, even the thought that if we're going to be facing challenges today, it might be because we haven't been as attentive to standing up for speaking truth in past times. Is that a relevant thing to speculate about? Well, it's certainly relevant because it's 50 years this year. In fact, it's, I think it was even possibly in November 1972 when the Whitlam Labor government came into office in Canberra. And Mr. Whitlam was a brilliant man. Uh, he was impressive. He was articulate. He was extremely confident. But with Whitlam and that, that, that whole era that came with him, uh, the he spoke of values and of great confidence and all the things that he could do as a can-do Prime Minister. But three years later, it had all gone pear-shaped because it was based on fundamentals and foundations that were just not sound or indeed scriptural ones. And so we have to deal with these facts of life that when we don't deal practically, realistically, with the facts of life that are around us, like building the family or building a house or building anything else, we find our walls can come tumbling down upon us and we say, whoops, what did I do wrong? I, mean, I was just reading the paper on, on Tuesday, Neil, and, and there's an article there by Chris Kenny where he said, we have politicians in charge of the Treasury benches who simply do not understand the practical madness of their ideological goals. Now, that's not going to work out very well. And we have to realise this fact when we have some kind of ideology, whether it's to do with economics, whether it's to do with climate change, whether it's to do with education or defence or any other thing. When we're not being realistic about the facts of life around us, this is going to hurt us and hurt us badly. Uh, just a little issue with your phone there, I think. Uh, just uh, wave it around for a moment because uh, it's doing a few strange things. But interesting, isn't it, uh, right. to put some of this fault at the feet of politicians? Again, I guess it comes back to the fault of every Australian for voting those politicians in. But politicians who stand for some ideological position where they perhaps have not thought through uh, the, as you say, is uh, quoting Chris Kenny there, uh, they've not thought through uh, the the way that their ideological goals actually pan out in the end. So politicians, but we're the ones who put them there. Well, we're the ones who put them there, and sometimes they do it out of naivety, sometimes out of ignorance, sometimes out of simply trusting people that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. And we have to look beyond the simple promises that, that politicians tend to make, and they do you know, tend to make quite a lot of them, and, and then think about, well, this is what he or she is saying. Well, how's this going to work out in two or three years' time? 
And so it is, yes, it's very easy to make the mistake of blaming politicians for the things that go wrong in the country. And that's convenient, but it's not very, very fair or realistic because, as you say, we, we, get, we get the leaders that we deserve because we actually voted for them in the first place. So it's important for us to become a little bit more aware, a little bit more informed, and so when we come to the ballot box, we make sensible choices while we are there. Okay, I said in the introduction, uh, you know, one of the things Andrew is standing for is he's saying, parents, take charge. If we're looking for biblically founded messages about how we think of uh, issues around uh, family and standing for truth and righteousness, uh, where do we start here? What's, uh, what's a biblical message in all of this? Well, to be, to be kind of frank with you, Neil, what we need to do is to don't let the, the major decisions for our family be made by those with no connection to the family. According to Scripture, education health and welfare are all family responsibilities. Family health is referred to in Genesis chapter 35 in verses 8 and 17 that, that make, make reference to the nurse and the midwife right there in Jacob's household. Now, we know that, that, that people, I heard the saying many years ago, that wherever there are people, there are problems. Do parents make mistakes? Of course we do. We make them all the time. But we know that, yes, parents make mistakes, but so do departments, and departments make a lot more mistakes than parents do. We know that education departments spend billions. But the Australian on Monday pointed out that boys' literacy has slipped to the lowest level since national testing began with one in nine teenagers unable to read at a basic standard. Mr Dutton claimed on Tuesday that the system, this is the educational system that we have, the system has allowed ideologically driven advocates too much influence over what is taught to our children and that teaching a sanitised and selective version of of history and the arts and radical gender theory is not in our children's best interests. So parents take charge. That's what we need to do. And that's absolutely essential. Interesting, isn't it, that we will think, uh, well, where's the church in all of this? Uh, because uh, it's <clears throat> church that, uh, that does have uh, programs of teaching children, but there's also those programs that church of, churches have very successfully run over generations where they've taught parents how to be parents. Any thought <clears throat> here on, on churches and uh, the way we might be addressing our own ability to communicate to parents, this is how you parent your children, taking responsibility, as you say, on uh, health and education, those sorts of issues? Well, these are all important things. I mean... Growing families is, is the nuts and bolts of Christian life. This is what we need to be growing in our competence in. And yes, there are questions to be asked, and we've got to figure out, well, what does marriage mean? What does family mean? What is a family? How do we define what is a family? And there are people around today, as we know, who have new and different definitions of what family 
would mean compared to what we would look at and find in the scripture. What, what does that mean to raise a child? How do we discipline a child? How do we train a child? How do we teach a child to do up their shoes and wash their face and comb their hair and, and clothe themselves and say please and thank you and, and all of the things that are part of a child's education, even as a three, four or five-year-old? How do we go about these things? These, this is the nuts and bolts of having kids and, and having, a, having a, 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 a spouse. So all, and all of these things are a huge aspect of our maturity and our responsibility. We have to begin to master the skills as best we can, knowing that we are human. And we can do these things. If God, I mean, I, I'm blessed. I have, I have a wife and, and three children, three sons, and four grandchildren, one coming as well. So I'm thankful to the Lord for this, but it didn't come without us learning with mistakes about how to raise and educate children. Well, I don't like to be too negative, but we've got parents dropping the ball. Uh, We've got woke politicians uh, and politicians now for generations. They weren't called woke then, but coming with ideologies without thinking through the ramifications of those. But in all of this time, what's been growing behind the scenes is significant bureaucracy. The people who are running the government departments, uh, the people who are, you know, forging ahead with this is the way we do life in Australia. And it's according to another agenda. And so sorting those things out. I wonder if you've got any thoughts on the way forward. If you I mean, this sounds like it's a monumental challenge. Well, it is a big one. It is a big one, but we deal with it one step at a time and one family at a time. And we started having some challenges with some government bureaucracies more than 20 years ago because we found that we we found that that many government government bureaucracies were not particularly friendly to the family. They they wouldn't give us the attention that we thought that we, that we needed. There were occasions, there was at least one occasion, well, we had, we had a case going like over 20 years ago where a government department was refusing to pay us monies that we were confident we were entitled to. And we had to take that particular institution to the Social Security Appeals Tribunal. And I, I'd got the turnaround that I wanted. They had made an error in law. They simply hadn't done what their own rules told them to do. So... This is not that uncommon. They are, they are thought very commonly, bureaucracies I'm speaking about, are, are commonly thoughtless, uh, callous and indifferent to the real needs of people. And I've had some first-hand experience of this. So we even find today in Australia in 2022, we have seven health departments, six state and one federal. And here's, here's this this shocking irony that the seven health departments oversee the killing of about 80,000 babies in the womb annually. Doesn't that seem now to be a stunning contradiction? It is, that's right. And for a health department, uh, getting a basic uh, definition of life wrong, yes, we'll all agree on that undoubtedly. Hey, uh, when we're talking through, uh, last week when we were talking, you raised an important uh, saying, power flows from those 
or power flows to those who take responsibility. I wonder if uh, if that applies here as well. Well, it certainly does, and and we find that that the government departments often work against the best interests of families. Uh, one of my favourite authors, by the name of Gary North, made this statement: anyone. Who expects who expect the bureaucratic order to reform itself is living in a fantasy world. Bureaucracies do not change; they just get worse. They get more grasping. Until their budget is cut, nothing changes bureaucracy. Bureaucracy is expanding like a cancer, and it has been for a hundred years. So, what's the solution? Well, it is parental responsibility, and as I quoted earlier, just by that same author. Power flows to those who take responsibility. So, so we chose to be married and have children. Fantastic. Well, now we, we, what we ought to do as responsible spouses and parents is take full responsibility for what God has given us, beginning with their education, their health, and their welfare. Yes, he will hold us to account for what he's given us, but he's given us promises concerning our children too. And I close with this text from Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. A righteous man who walks in his integrity, how blessed are his sons after him. It's good insight. Uh, it's fabulous wisdom uh, for families. and uh, But it's challenging and it's hard. Uh, but good stuff. Uh, thank you so much, Andrew McColl. Let me give uh, listeners connection to Family Voice Australia. The website is familyvoice.org.au. Andrew is State Director for Queensland of Family Voice Australia. You'll be able to get a message and connect with Andrew through the website at Family Voice Australia, familyvoice.org.au. Andrew, thanks so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil, for, for, for talking with me today. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.